Hello, hello, and welcome back to series two of How to Buy a Kitchen or Bathroom, the podcast. I am so glad to be back. I've parked myself in my mini pod studio at KBBHQ and I am raring to go to chat all things kitchen and bathroom design. So thank you for having me in your ears. I have lined up a raft of excellent experts this series all to help you achieve the design you've been dreaming of. So who is planning a renovation project this year? First of all, you. Okay, great. Well, welcome. You are in the right place, let me tell you. I should probably introduce who I am. I am Lindsay Blair, your host and editor of Kitchens, Bedrooms and Bathrooms magazine and its sister website, these3rooms.com. If you've listened to series number one, you'll have heard me chatting all things to do with kitchen and bathroom buying, from choosing work tops, how much to spend on a new kitchen, how to think like an interior designer, whether to go for a gas or induction hob, which let me tell you is a hot topic and still is, plus making the most of a small bathroom and choosing tiles and lots more on top. So if you haven't had a listen to those episodes, make sure you go back and tune into those. There is so much to think about when planning a new kitchen or bathroom, so this series I will cover even more. Yes, that is possible. This episode I'm talking paint. If you've ever been to your local DIY store and browsed the paint section and then quickly become overwhelmed, well, let me tell you, me too. It is pretty overwhelming, the aisles and aisles of paint. All different types, all different colours, all different brands. Where the heck do you start? Well, here to help me unravel it all is Charlotte Radford, who is a senior product manager for Valspar and an expert on all things paint. So I'm confident that she can help me and you answer all the questions on choosing the right paint for your new kitchen or bathroom. Hi, Charlotte. Thank you for joining me. How are you today? Hi. Yeah, all good. Thank you. Thank you for having me. You're very welcome. Are you ready to instill all of your knowledge on us on all things paint? I'm sure you've got so much paint knowledge in your head, haven't you? Uh, there's a bit in there, yeah. It comes with <laughs> the territory. So yeah, definitely happy to get started and, and help as much as I can. Brilliant. Now, before this recording, I did a quick search on the B&Q website, just out of curiosity. And there are currently 11 categories of paint type for starters. Lots of different brands, of which Valspar is, of course, one. 12 headline categories for colours with hundreds of colours within these. Now, can you understand, even with your job, how choosing a a paint for your kitchen or bathroom can be quite overwhelming? Definitely. I mean, that's something that we we talk about a lot and how we can try and unravel that for the end user and make it clearer. Um, Yeah, it's definitely, you know, complicated with all the different brands and all the different product types that you mentioned by the end of this we should be feeling confident to go out there and choose the paint that we really really want and get on with our decorating projects and so the first question I have for you is where do you even start with that type of paint? So generally speaking we would always suggest starting with colour in terms of we scroll Instagram, we, we scroll Pinterest and we always see inspiration and, and that kind of drives our want to then decorate. Um, so Generally speaking, we would say color and then type of paint because there are specific paints for specific areas and there's a reason that we have those specific categories. So it's probably best to pick your direction in terms of design and color 
and then filter through to, okay, where can I get those colors in the product that I'm looking for? Sometimes it may be that, you know, you haven't done that research and you are in store and it's easier to navigate directly from type of paint. But it obviously depends on what your project is. So if you are starting from scratch and think, actually, I just want to paint my kitchen and haven't really thought about color, then then obviously you need to start with the type of paint. Um, but generally, we would suggest starting with color and driving that from an inspiration point of view, opposed to a functional usage. Yeah, that sounds good, because I'm currently looking for ideas of painting my living room. And I've started Pinterest boards, Instagram collection boards. And really, if I'm honest, I am only looking at colour at the moment, because I think, you know, that's sort of the starting point, isn't it, for a scheme? Yeah, exactly. It's such a personal thing as well, colour. So it's important that you're leading it based on what you want to be seeing every day and, and living in. Okay, so colour first. So then I've, I've figured out the colour or I've got a rough idea of, you know, I want a green or I want warm grey or something. And then I'm going to the DIY store and I'm faced with a whole department of paints. Should I go to the kitchen or bathroom section if that's the room that I am doing? Yeah, so um, in most DIY stores, that's definitely the way that you would shop. So if you were going into you know, a lot of the uh, chains out on the high street these days, then yes, they would have specific sections for kitchen and bathroom paint. And then at that point, you would be able to see the colours that are available and pick a colour within your colour palette that you're looking at. It is slightly different for our brand. So with our spa, you can have any colour. So we have lots of colors on our chip rack and you can also match. So if you were shopping with Valspar specifically, you would actually go to one area, navigate by color and then choose your product type. So we we wouldn't be in the aisle, so to speak. And you wouldn't need to kind of navigate your way to that section of paint and find it within the store. You head to where the colors are and then you you drive the decision and purchase from that point. I see. So you basically choose the colour from a whole raft of different colour palettes and then choose the formula and it, any colour can be mixed in any any kitchen or bathroom formula, essentially. Yeah, exactly. OK, because one of the things that um, I was thinking when, you know, if you go to the kitchen bathroom part of the paint section and you've got a specific colour in mind, is that always going to be available in, in those specific formulas? Yeah, I mean, that's very much down to retailer and store and brand. Yeah, there is always going to be an element of, you know, you might have seen something on Pinterest, for example, a particular color shade, and it isn't necessarily going to be available in a kitchen and bathroom paint on the shelf. So there's there's often a smaller range of colors available in these categories, opposed to your generic walls and ceilings paint, where, again, if you shopped differently and shopped by a Valspar, you could have any of the 2000 colors that we offer in kitchen and bathroom paint, as well as scan your own. So the availability is always there, essentially, where with ready mixed colors, you are limited in terms of palettes. Yeah. Oh, my God. 2000 colors. That's that's wow. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's that's why you really need to have a, a good idea of what inspiration uh, boards and stuff you've got before you head into the shop. That in itself could be quite overwhelming, couldn't it? Yes, yeah, there's a lot of colour choice, which is why we always say, you know, having an idea of what you want is a better place to start. So you can narrow that down. So going back to the kitchen and bathroom specific paint, is it advisable to have that type of paint or to use that type of paint if you are doing your kitchen or bathroom up? Can you get away with just a regular emulsion? And what what is the difference? 
Uh, yeah, so it's definitely advisable to use it. So in terms of a difference, kitchen and bathroom paint has additional biocides in there, which essentially help prevent mold growing. So imagine a bathroom, you know, you have your bath running, your shower, there's a lot of condensation and that can often lead to mold growing. So it's definitely advisable to use a kitchen and bathroom paint there to prevent that happening. And, you know, some kitchens are also prone to the same issues of mold growth. And the other element to it is they're often in a more durable formula. So you're in your kitchen cooking, for example, and you're getting splashback from your pan or your grease is splashing or in your bathroom, you've got your soap suds and stuff. The durability allows you to clean that up more easily. Right. So you could just give the paint, the the walls a bit of a, a wipe over with a damp cloth and it should sort of get rid of any of those splashes that you mentioned. Yes. Okay, kitchen bathroom paint, the formula is much more durable for those spaces. That makes perfect sense. But while we're on, can you just explain to me what the difference between something like a matte emulsion is and an eggshell, as an example? Yes, generally speaking, those are all sheens of paint that are specific to a product type. So on the whole, you'll find that matte, mid-sheen, silk, soft sheen, those are linked to paints that go on your walls or your ceilings, where eggshell, satin and gloss are generally paints that are used for your wood and metal trim. So your skirting boards, your doors, for example. So that's how those sheens are described for those different categories of paints. There are probably a couple of exceptions to that, but on the whole, throughout the whole paint market, that, that's generally how those sheens are described for different product usage. Yeah, and they have a slightly different look to them, don't they? So like the, the matte emulsion might, and the eggshell, they have a slightly different sort of texture almost, I want to say. Yeah, so they, they reflect how shiny or not shiny they are essentially. So if you're looking at a gloss or a silk for your wood or your walls, they're generally a lot higher sheen. So you could look at it and essentially it looks shiny, the light reflects off the wall or the wood, where matte and eggshell are like the flat versions of those products. So they give you a non-reflective surface essentially. So that's the main difference there. And things like silk and gloss can often hide imperfections because they reflect light and stuff where with matte products if you have got a wall that's not perfect not a brand new wall for example in an older house you can often see the you know the dents or whatever that might be there when you have a matte product. I'm thinking you know it might be I mean you tell me but it might be that you choose a combination of different paints especially if say in an open plan kitchen for example you know you might use the same shade of paint throughout the whole space but in the kitchen sort of area where you're you know it's probably going to be a bit dirtier a bit more prone to splashes etc you'd go for a kitchen bathroom specific paint but then maybe on a wall that's sort of in the dining or more of the living area you could have the same color but choose one of the different finishes like an eggshell or a mat is that something that would work yeah absolutely no reason why you wouldn't do that because you don't necessarily need the formulas that prevent mold growth in your dining room but in your kitchen when we're talking about this more specialist formula of a kitchen and bathroom paint is that more expensive than the the more standard shall we say walls and ceilings emulsion yeah there is generally a high cost to those paints because they are technically specialist and they have additional ingredients and raw materials in there and you know you're expecting them to do a bigger job essentially to form more so they generally come with a slight markup versus normal normal paint 
Okay, that's good to know. So you can budget slightly higher if you're going to, you know, go for those specialist types of paints for your kitchen and bathroom. Now, what about shopping online for paints? You know, that's a, as I said before, I had a quick browse on the B&Q website and there's hundreds, if not thousands of paints on there. And you can see the colours and lots of brands have their own websites where you can browse through the different colour categories. Is that an accurate representation of the colour that you're going to get, do you think? Is it a good idea to buy paint online? Like I say, there's pros and cons. So in terms of colour representation, it will never be 100% accurate online just because screens alter colour. And, you know, you can look on one screen and something looks one colour and look on a different screen that looks a different colour. So there, there will always be that hurdle to overcome, I guess, with shopping for paint online. But it does allow you to browse and get an idea of what you're looking for to quickly look at different brands, different product types, etc. rather than, you know, having to go through multiple stores or whatever it is you may do in, in absence of looking online. Um, yeah. So there's definitely pros in that sense in terms of doing your research. But from a colour point of view, it wouldn't necessarily be the most accurate way of choosing your colour. Yeah, which brings me nicely on to testing again. Now, talk to me about tester pots because when that decorating bug hits or your mid-renovation and you want to just get on with it and make decisions and get stuff done, the idea, or at least for me, because I'm slightly impatient when it comes to things like this, the idea of putting colour patches on the wall or painting bits of paper and sticking them on the wall and pondering them for days, looking at the different light, etc., isn't really the thing that I want to do. I just want to get on and do it and make that big change in my space. What are your thoughts? We would say critical. It's such a big task to paint a room and such a big commitment in terms of time and money potentially that you want to get it as right as you can. You know, you don't want to be changing your colour every week, for example. So we would definitely say tester pots are the way to go always test your I thought you might say that I had had a feeling you might say that yeah like I say I'm very impatient I just want to sort of get on with it yeah I mean it's difficult and it's the balance of getting it right first time I guess but we'd always suggest testing color first particularly with your point around lights etc like it might look great in store or online but actually when you put it in in a dark corner of your room for example or a bright wall that's got the sun shining on it all day it will look very different so it's definitely best to gauge that color first but what I would say from a brand point of view is we have a love your color guarantee so if for any reason you did paint your wall and didn't love the color you are able to swap it out so kind of helping with that journey making it a bit easier if if it's not the color that you love first time Okay, that sounds great so that that applies to even if you've you know painted the whole wall or even the whole room yes yeah. Brilliant. Okay. Now, tips for testing then. So I briefly mentioned light and painting patches on the wall and painting bits of paper. What's the correct way of testing to make sure that you're doing it right? Not sure there's necessarily a correct way, but I would definitely say test it in light and dark spots in your room because that will have an impact on the colour. You know, making sure that you're testing it in looking at it in daylight as well as at night when you just have your lamp on or however you may use that room um, to make sure that you're comfortable with the shade at all different times of the day. And if you have got an uneven surface on that wall, for example, if you're living in an older house, like I said previously, I'd, I'd test it on there as well to check that you're happy with how the light reflects off it, for example, in case that has any impact on the color for you. Test it as much as you can essentially to check you're happy. 
one of the things I think people um, are conscious of is buying lots of tester pots because, you know, if it can rack up. Which Does that go back to your point about, you know, spending a bit of time at the beginning and, and trying to narrow down your selection and your inspiration before you sort of go out and spend a fortune on tester pots? Yeah, definitely. Always do that research first because, like you say, it could be limitless. I mean, you could you could be painting tester pots all day, but it's definitely good to narrow down the color palette and the and the tone and shade within that to then select a few, a handful, you know, to to see which works best for you. And it might even be that you want to test it in different sheens as well. So coming back to that sheen conversation, it might be worth looking at it in a matte and a silk, for example, to to understand whether you prefer it one way or the other in your room or your space. Okay, great. So uh, <laughs> I will go, go forth from this conversation and say, right, testing is really important and I shall do it. I will be good when I'm doing my decorating and I will do testing as much as I do want to get on. I will do it now that I've heard you say why it's really important. And um, so another thing that's a slight annoyance, shall we say, for someone like me who wants to get on and do it, is primer. Now, primer, should you do it, yes or no? It definitely depends on your circumstances. So if you have moved into a brand new house or you've got a a pre-painted wall that's in perfect condition, there is not necessarily a need to prime. We would always suggest it in terms of you know, the best performance, but it may not be necessary. But there are circumstances where you definitely should prime. So if you're, if you've just plastered a wall, for example, and it's new plaster, that would always need priming before painting. If you have a wall that's not in particularly good condition, then we would always recommend priming. And the same with making color changes. So if you've got a bright wall, and you want to go with a a lighter tone or vice versa, you want to paint with a bright tone, we'd often recommend using a primer in that circumstance because it can help with actually hiding either the previous bright colour or help the new bright colour come through properly. Right. Okay, I see. So, it, you know, it's a step worth taking. It's it's worth that extra effort to get the, the finish that you really want at the end of the day. Yeah, it can, it can help the performance of the top coat, essentially. Make sure it sticks to the wall, it performs properly. So, yeah, if if you're not living with a perfect conditioned wall, I would always suggest priming. Yeah. Are there paints available where the primer is mixed into the the top coat? Yeah, you can get paints that have primer and undercoat included, essentially meaning that you don't need to do that layer on a normal wall. But I would still say those products, if you're looking at new plaster, for example, or you're talking about bold colours, they would probably still need a separate primer. Okay, that's really good to know. Well, let's talk about colours as well, because um, it's obviously, you mentioned before, it's very personal choice. And what one person loves, another one might find unbearable to live with. And it can really affect the feel of a space as well as your mood, which, you know, again, is very personal. I don't think, for example, I could live with really bright, maximalist shades. But I know other people, you know, some people on the team who, who would love that. I'm interested to know from a Valspar perspective, for a kitchen and bathroom, are there particular shades that are ever popular? And if so, which? I mean, in general, we'd say that all of our top colours are probably across our different categories. So, you know, I'm sure you're well aware that grey has been a forever trend. It's definitely still features heavily in our top colours. Lots of grey tones and those kind of grey beige tones as well. Greyish, as, 
as it's all being called today. Those are still really popular um, in terms of the colours that we sell. And then we're starting to see spikes of some more bolder trend colours. So things like the dark blues, which are definitely on trend and a growing trend at the moment in terms of keeping that space really warm and cosy. So dark blues and um, natural greens. So, you know, those sage tones, for example. Um, mm, yeah, I love those. They're probably the the, uh, the majority of our top colours that we see. Interesting. It's interesting that you say sage green and blues because I see that a lot in kitchens for the paint on the walls but also the paint on the units and I think you know we could do a whole other episode on paint and units because if you have wooden units in your kitchen you can actually refresh them with paint and you know that's a whole another exciting project uh, we've talked mainly about sort of wall uh, wall paint in this episode but you know are you finding that more people are, are doing the kitchen units as well as their sort of bathroom units and things like upcycling um, projects as well yeah, exactly. Upcycling is such a big thing at the moment, and it has been for the last couple of years. But I think with everything we've all experienced in the last couple of years, that's that's really taken off in terms of you know people wanting to update their homes. They're, they weren't able to go out, so what better to do than you know make the space nicer to live in? So that's definitely something that people are doing these days and is um, on the up, so to speak. And you know, it's a, a real cost effective way of changing your space, painting covers, tiles. Oh, tiles. Wow. We could literally do a whole <laughs> other episode on the other things that you could paint, couldn't you? Yeah. Now, what I want to know from you is in your role, obviously, you are a paint expert. What do you think are the main questions that homeowners ask or the main sort of dilemmas that they have when it comes to finding the right paint for their kitchen or bathroom? I don't think there's anything really specific to it. I think it's more people understanding the need for a specialist paint in those areas and understanding what the difference is. So coming back to the fact that it has extra biocides in there to protect from mold. So I think that's the key piece that people need to understand when looking at those projects, that there is a reason why you use that paint and you know don't just put any old paint in your kitchen or bathroom. And then colour. I mean, colour is just always critical to us, just ensuring that you're picking the right colour. You might have already answered this in your last uh, response, but I do round off each episode with you telling me a golden rule. So what is your golden rule in that case for choosing kitchen and bathroom paint? Is it to do with the formulas by any chance? <laughs> yeah, definitely formula and colour, running theme throughout this whole conversation. Um, yeah, ensuring that you've got the right product for the right usage and then ensuring that you've got the right colour that you love. Excellent. Well, wonderful. Is there anything that sh people should avoid as well while we're at it? Just avoid using paints that aren't made for that area and don't think that you can paint your bathroom tiles or, you know, your shower tiles in that paint as well because that is also a different usage. So if you've bought kitchen and bathroom paint for your walls, that doesn't mean it can go on your bath tiles. Yeah, I suppose the reason that those sections of the DIY store are so large is because there are so many different applications, aren't there? And so many formulas that must be used for those applications. As you see, you can't really whack any old paint on everything. Uh, you have to be a bit more sensible about it. Yeah, and they're all formulated to do a certain job. So that's why they are marketed a certain way for specific usage. Well, I feel like I can go paint shopping without feeling that overwhelm now. And 
begrudgingly, admittedly, I will take the time to get tester pots and possibly even prime my walls when I'm doing my decorating. But I guess the best thing about paint is no matter where you use it in the house, it's all relatively affordable and it's a great way to update a room and bring a new splash of personality into your space. Exactly. It's an easy way to to renovate and make make your home feel fresh. Well, thank you, Charlotte. It's been really lovely chatting to you and you've primed me with so much paint knowledge and that pun was totally intended. Uh, Lots of food for thought there. So thank you very much for um, coming onto the podcast and letting us know all of your knowledge. It's been really informative. And if anyone has any questions, I'm sure they'll get in touch. Thank you so much for joining me. Not a problem. Thank you very much. Thank you so much to Charlotte there for letting us know all the ins and outs of choosing paint for the kitchen and bathroom. I think that was a really valuable conversation and I've certainly learned a few things there. So basically, start with colour. Narrow down your palette, decide what colours you really like and then, you know, go online, do a bit of research, get those Pinterest boards going, get those Instagram collections going and then go to the shop. It's very tempting, isn't it, to go to the DIY stores or to your local paint supplier and just go in, all guns blazing and pick a colour based on what you find in the store but I think actually what Charlotte said is really valuable in taking that time to get your inspiration boards lined up and really decide what you like and then go and select some shades in the store and Lord to admit it as I am, Charlotte is right. Testing is absolutely crucial. But I think the key thing there is to narrow down the colour palette and test a few different shades within that palette rather than going through lots of different colours and making the decision even more difficult. So I think that was great. Oh, and also, you know, priming. Something that I probably would have skipped before. But again, I'll admit I will have to do it when I'm decorating my uh, living room. As I said, that's my next project. So, well, it's wonderful to be back. And as always, thank you for listening. Next week, I'm talking all about getting kitchen lighting right, which I am sure will be as illuminating as ever. Now, I promise I'll stop with the puns after this episode. I promise. For now, if you have any questions and want to get in touch, you can email me on hello at these3rooms.com. Don't forget to rate, review and subscribe to get notified of each episode as it lands and it really helps other people who are renovating their kitchen and bathrooms find out about the podcast too. Thank you for listening. Join me next time for more of How to Buy a Kitchen or Bathroom, the podcast. Mm-hmm.